Hey everybody, this is Krista Stilwell, Communications Assistant at LFCN. Thanks for listening to the podcast. It's a glimpse into the life of our church. We are ordinary people being transformed into passionate followers of Jesus who join with God in the remaking of all things. We pray that what you hear is a blessing and helps you join God today. If our church can help you and serve you in any way, please drop us a line at 765-447-7655. Enjoy the sermon. What if God actually wants to talk to us and speak to us? I want to start off by just being really transparent, telling a story. So um, I've talked to you before about how I try to incorporate physical activity, exercise into my life, whatever. Um, So uh, when I do that, sometimes I listen to podcasts. I have to listen to something or I get bored and I quit like 10 minutes in. So sometimes I listen to podcasts, distract my mind from like the torture that's going on. Sometimes I'll listen to music. I I prefer podcasts. It stimulates my mind. But if I ran out of things to listen to, I'll just turn on a playlist. Like, you know, Spotify, pull up the app on your phone, pick a random playlist, and just get after it. So that's what was happening one day. I pulled open Spotify. I just found some workout playlists. They suggest playlists for you. And, and, you know, you just press that button and just kind of get to work. So here I am working out, not paying a ton of attention to the music, but enough attention to the music to know what's going on. Um, This day I was running, so I... You know, I, I, when you run and you're listening to music and your phone is in your pocket, it's really cumbersome to reach into your pocket to change the song. So you just let it ride. You just kind of let it ride. And the Spotify suggested playlist was playing a song that I was like picking up on is not a song that I would want my daughters or my son to ever listen to. It, it was an, an edifying sort of a song. It was upbeat, had a fast tempo, and the artist who was kind of rapping these words had some things to say that I wasn't prepared to hear at that early in the morning. But I just, just kind of said, okay, it is what it is, and kept running. And afterwards, after I was done exercising, I showered and I put my clothes on, and I remember that I, for, I forgot that day to pack my, my shoes that I wear every day of my life, which are these shoes that I'm wearing this morning. I forgot, I forgot to pack those, and all that I had were my gym shoes that I run in. And maybe it's my particular form of OCD, but I just don't like to wear my gym shoes like out in the world. I want to keep them clean and nice so that I don't have to buy more of them and get them all dirty. And it was raining this day. And so it was raining really hard that morning. And the only shoes I had to wear were my gym shoes. And I remember to my car, I was like on my tiptoes, finding anything that was a puddle, going to great lengths to avoid getting my shoes dirty, 
And I just had this incredibly strong impression in this moment, in that moment. I, I literally, I didn't hear this voice, but I sensed this in my gut. I, I heard in my heart, Troy, how ironic is this? You are going to extreme lengths to keep your gym shoes clean you wouldn't stop running for a second to change the song to keep your mind clean. I just remember that. Now, what was that? What was that? That was the presence of God speaking into my life. That was the Spirit of God delivering a message at a heart level that I needed to hear. Now, I am persuaded and I am convinced that we serve a God and we worship a God who is always active. God is constantly active, continually moving, continually speaking. I am persuaded and convinced that God is constantly talking to us, to us. And most of us, myself included, would really prefer that God would just communicate what God wants to say through like an audible voice. So just like you hear me talking right now, I would prefer that God would talk with that same voice, just speak audibly. And if I had the choice, if I had to choose between like God delivering a gut-level message or God's voice speaking audibly, I would choose God's voice speaking audibly 10 times out of 10. I, I wish it was like that. And maybe you feel that. Maybe you're here this morning and you're like, Troy, I would love to know what God wants from me. I would love to know what God has to say to me, but I, I just can't hear it. I, in fact, I've never heard the audible voice of God, so I don't even know how I would know what that is. If you feel like that, you're in really good company. In fact, in the Bible, that, that sacred text, that unified collection of stories that points us to Jesus. The Bible is a book that is full of stories of men and women of God who are trying their best to hear God's voice so that they can respond. And sometimes they hear God's voice really, really, really well. And sometimes... They're awful. In fact, when we look at how God speaks to his people throughout Scripture, what we realize is that sometimes even the audible voice of God is not enough for people to know what God wants from them and to know what it is that they're supposed to do. I want to draw our attention to John chapter 12. John chapter 12. And we're going to read a section of a story that's found in John chapter 12, beginning with verse 27. John chapter 12, beginning with verse 27, these are Jesus' words. Jesus is saying this. Now, 
I'm deeply troubled. What should I say? Should I say, Father, save me from this time? No, it's for this reason I have come to this time. So, Father, glorify your name. And now the story picks up. Then a voice came from heaven. I have glorified it, and I will glorify it again. And there was a crowd that was there, and they heard that voice that came from heaven. And some people in the crowd said, oh, man, that's thunder. Others said, oh, that was an angel that spoke to him. Jesus replied, this voice wasn't for my benefit. This was for yours. Now is the time for judgment of this world. Now the world's ruler will be thrown out. When I am lifted up from the earth, I will draw everyone to me. He said this to show how he was going to die. And the crowd responded, We've heard from the law that the Christ remains forever. How can you say that the Son of Man or the human one must be lifted up? Who even is this? And so in this story, there is the audible voice of God the Father. There's a crowd. There's Jesus. Jesus is talking. There's an audible voice of Jesus' Father, God the Father. And some people who are there, and everybody heard it. The voice was loud enough for everyone to hear. And some people who are there said, that voice must be thunder. Other people said, that's an angel. Nobody understood what that voice was actually trying to say. Sometimes we think in our minds, God, if you would just speak to me with an audible voice, I would be able to know and to understand what you want. Scripture teaches us that's often not enough. Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1. Now in Luke chapter 1, the story is being told of God speaking to his people for the first time in over 400 years. For 400 years, God had been silent. No one had heard a thing. There were no prophets speaking God's truth to God's people. 400 years of nothing. And then Luke chapter 1 happens. And God finds someone that God wants to talk with. And that person's name is Zechariah. Zechariah is a priest. He's a professional clergy member. He lives in the holy city. And when God goes to talk to him, Zechariah is in the holiest place of the holy city, as close to the presence of God as you could possibly be. And God wants to say something to him, so God sends an angel. Let's pick the story up in verse 13. The angel said, don't be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayers have been heard. Your wife, Elizabeth, will give birth to your son. You must name him John. He will be a joy and delight to you. And many people will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great in the Lord's eyes. He must not drink wine and liquor. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before his birth. He will bring many Israelites back to the Lord their God. 
He will go forth before the Lord, equipped with the spirit and power of Elijah. He will turn the hearts of fathers back to their children. He will turn the disobedient to righteous patterns of thinking. He will make ready a people prepared for the Lord. There's this beautiful pronouncement. And Zechariah replies, how really can I know this? Uh, My wife is really old. God sends an angel who speaks audibly to Zechariah. And all that Zechariah can think about are the circumstances, the immediate circumstances that surround his life. Even an angelic appearance isn't enough for humans to always fully understand the voice and the message of God. Turn to Acts chapter 10. Acts chapter 10. Sometimes God speaks audibly in the Bible through a loud voice. Sometimes God sends an angel. Another way that God speaks to people in the Bible is through a vision. I want to read you a story of someone who God tried to talk to them through a vision. Acts chapter 10 beginning with verse 9. At noon on the following day, as their journey brought them close to the city, Peter went up on the roof to pray, and he became hungry, and he wanted to eat. And well, how come when you sit down to pray, that's the time when you, like, when you get hungry? While others were preparing the meal, he had a visionary experience. He saw heaven open up. Something like a large linen sheet being lowered to the earth by its four corners. And inside that sheet were all kinds of four-legged animals, reptiles, and wild birds. And a voice told him, get up, Peter, kill and eat. And Peter exclaimed, absolutely not, Lord. I have never eaten anything impure or unclean. The voice spoke a second time in this vision. Never consider unclean what God has made pure. And this happened three times. And then the object was pulled back into heaven. And then I love this little line of commentary. Peter was bewildered. He was bewildered. So God tries to speak to Peter through a vision. A vision is like a dream, but you're awake. God tries to speak to Peter through this vision three times. And afterwards, Peter's response was, I'm so confused. I'm so confused. Sometimes God speaks through an audible voice. People still can't understand it. Sometimes God speaks through an angel. We often don't get it. Sometimes God gives us a vision, and we still don't really understand. Sometimes we think, what if God just showed up in person, though? Like, if God was in person, just like, like we're all here together and we could see faces and, you know, um, you know the, the bulk of communication is nonverbal, so we could, like, pick up on the nonverbal cues, maybe we just need God to show up in person. Matthew chapter 15. Matthew chapter 15. Beginning with verse 10. Jesus called the crowd near... And said to them, Listen and understand. 
It's not what goes into the mouth that contaminates a person in God's sight. It's what comes out of the mouth that contaminates the person. And then the disciples came to him and said, Do you know that the Pharisees were offended by what you just said? And Jesus replied, Every plant that my heavenly Father didn't plant will be pulled up. Leave the Pharisees alone. They are blind people who are guides to blind people. But if a blind person leads another blind person, they will both fall into a ditch. And then Peter spoke up. Can can you explain that? And Jesus said, don't you understand yet? And the truth is, is that all throughout Scripture, we see the disciples, Jesus' followers, face to face with Jesus, and they don't understand. They just don't get it. In fact, you... If you've ever read through the Gospel of Mark, I feel like that's the major theme of the Gospel of Mark. Jesus does a miracle, or Jesus teaches something, or Jesus preaches something, or someone is healed, and the disciples are so confused. (laughs) They just don't understand. And we often think, man, if we could just be physically in the same room with Jesus, and Jesus could talk to us, then we would get it. Then we would understand what Jesus wants for me, And what I should do, I'd know how to respond. But scripture teaches us that that's happened plenty of times in human history before. And plenty of times in human history, nobody really knows what to do. And so even if Jesus was here today on earth in the flesh, the truth is we would would just be confused half of the time. Here's, Here's the truth. The truth is, God is just not easy to understand. God's not easy to understand. Sometimes he is. Sometimes we're absolutely sure that this is what God is saying to us. But the testimony of Scripture is that it's often unclear, a little bit ambiguous. And the difficulty is that God is God. He could have made it otherwise. He could have made it otherwise. I mean, he could have made it so that it it would be easier for us to understand God's voice. He could have made it so that, you know, we like set up some sort of FaceTime. He sets up like a FaceTime with every single person on the face of the earth at like the exact same time every single day. We check in. Hey, how you doing? Hope your, hope your day's going well so far. Here's like the three top things like I need you to be mindful of today. Do this, 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 okay? You got it, all right. And move on to the next person. But he didn't. He didn't. And I wish I could give you like a 100% answer for why that is, but here is what I think is the heart of it. Think. It's because God has always and will always be most concerned about fostering and developing and searching out relationship. Relationship. And at the heart of every good relationship is this dance of communication. This unique conversation. Now, um, this might surprise you if you only know me like in this role. 
where, I, where many of you feel like I talk and talk and talk and talk. But I'm not a huge talker. I'm just not a huge talker. I, I, have, a, I have a limited number of words to say every day. And when I run out of those words, I don't have any more words left. Anybody else in the room relate to this this morning? You're just, your vocabulary, your ability to communicate, it's like a muscle. And you only have so much of that muscle until you can't crunch it anymore. Like you can't do that curl. Like it's not going to happen. You're done. That's kind of how I am. And what's Amazing is that I married like the world's best communicator. Sherry interpersonally is like incredibly incredible at communication. Um, ongoing conversation throughout the day is Sherry's gift to the world. It's it's amazing. Um, and so often, a challenge in our relationship has tended to be. She really would love to hear what happened in the day. But when I get to the end of the day, I don't have many more words left to explain what happened during the day. And, and she hasn't had a ton of adult interaction throughout the whole day. So when I come home, there's lots of opportunity for her to finally talk to someone who has the vocabulary larger than like, more snacks, please, you know? Who am I joking? It's not even please. I need more snacks. Is and, and, and what's really amazing, though, and, and this isn't true just to Sherry and I, this is true of everybody in this room who finds themselves in any level of relationship, and it doesn't need to be romantic relationship. It can just be you're somebody's son or daughter. What's, what's, what's universally true is that the cornerstone of every relationship and the high point of every relationship is communication. It's communication. And I love Sherry more than I love any other person in this world. And I love all of the things that are involved in Sherry and I's relationship. But if we look back at the significant high moments of our relationship, we've been married for 16 years now, we look back at the high moments of our relationship. Almost every single one of them revolved around communication. That like mystical moment when two hearts align through a shared language in each other's presence. And not to turn God into some sort of like sappy romantic. But what scripture teaches to be universally true is that God has been and will always be looking for relationship with his people. He wants more than anything else for your heart and his heart to be aligned through communication, conversation, shared life experience, so that our heart of stone is turned into his heart of flesh here on this earth. That's what God is looking for. 
not just faith, not just that we believe the right things, or even that we've learned to do the right things. God wants relationship. We see that this really clear throughout Scripture. I talked about it a couple of weeks ago. In Genesis, we see that humanity and God enjoyed this unbroken relationship where they walked with each other. And when that relationship was broken, there existed into this world this sense of shame and guilt where humans felt like now we needed to hide from God instead of presenting ourselves fully and transparently to him. Paul harps about this continually through his letter where he encourages Christians to learn how to walk side by side, step for step with God. This image as if we're walking along with God, taking a walk throughout life together. We see it in the book of Revelation where the story ends with God and his people being reunited where we hear the voice from heaven saying, I will be with them and I will dwell among them. What God wants most is a relationship with us, with you. And it's pretty clear that at the foundation of any good relationship is that somebody like makes an effort Somebody tries, and the other person makes an effort, and the other person tries. It's pretty clear that at the basis of any good relationship is that like somebody seeks after somebody, and that's, that somebody seeks after the other somebody. They like actually care. They try. I mean, at the foundation of any good relationship that you have on this earth is you sending a text message to somebody. Hey, how you doing? How's your day going? And somebody else like actually cares enough to send a text message back. Man, hey, I was wondering the same thing about you. I'm cool. You cool today? That like there's an effort there. There's an intentionality there. It's the same with God. He's constantly and continually seeking after us. He's the God who's always on chase, always pursuing, always hunting us down. He desires to be in relationship with, that, with us that much. And the reason why he doesn't make it clear to us all of the time exactly what he means, I think, is because God would like to see us actually try. Actually, like, try to understand, try to hear, try to listen, try to notice if God would just text message us, every single one of us, five things I want from you today, there's no relationship in that. There's no effort in that. Instead, what God says is, come on, come meet with me. Come talk with me. Let's listen to each other. Let's hash this out. And what ends up happening is that a relationship is fostered that's far more vibrant, are far deeper than if it was just as easy as an audible voice of God directing us for each step in our life. We see this throughout Scripture, but one of the ways that I love it the most is that verse in Jeremiah 29, after the one that we put on all the Hallmark cards. You know, the Jeremiah 29, 11 one, we love that verse. God knows the plans that he has for us, and those plans are really good, prosper, all that stuff. But then you get to Jeremiah 29, 13. I love, I love, I love 
how it says this. It says, when you search me, this is God speaking to his people, when you search for me, yes, search for me with all your heart, you will find me. When you search for me, search with your whole heart, you will find me. God searches after us with his whole heart. And that's the beginning of our relationship. And our response to God, according to the prophet Jeremiah, is to recognize that this is the character of God and in return to search for him with all that we have. So why isn't it that like we don't hear audible voices or angels haven't been sent to us or like we don't get visions from heaven or why isn't like Jesus just here in person, maybe even like a hologramic image so that we could... I think, I think more than anything else, what God is looking for is that development of a relationship. He wants us to search. He wants us to try. So as we do that, it might be helpful for us to kind of like learn the ways that God actually does speak. How is it then, if we're going to try, if we're going to make an effort to search for God how is it, where, where, where should we be looking? The first thing you want to know, and this, these would be really good to jot down. God speaks through Jesus. He speaks through Jesus. I love the opening verse of Hebrews chapter 1. It says this, in the past, in the past, God spoke through the prophets. He spoke to our ancestors, and many times and in many ways. But in these days, He spoke to us through his son. If you want to know who God is and what God is like, look at Jesus. Jesus is like God. God is like Jesus. God speaks through Jesus. He also speaks through scripture. Scripture is called the word of God, and most of what we need to know about God is like in that book that's in our lap, or in that app that's on our phone. What, most of what we need to know about who God says we are, who, who God is, ethics, sexuality. When, if you want to start to hear God's voice, a really good practice is to sit down and read his word. God speaks through creation. Romans chapter 1, verse 20, ever since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, God's eternal power, and God's divine nature, they've been clearly seen because they are understood through what he made. And so Paul is basically saying nature and earth and stars and forest and oceans and storms, God speaks through these things that he's made. God speaks through prophecy, and prophecy is this really weird word, but it's basically God speaking to us through other people who say stuff to us like, I was praying for you the other day, and this kind of came to my mind. Now, this one's tricky, but God does speak through circumstances. This is tricky. This is tricky. 
Sometimes we think open doors and closed doors are equated to the voice of God, but here's a caveat. There are other wills at work in this world, and those other wills that are at work in this world can also open doors, and they can also close doors. So it's up to us to discern Is this God's movement, or is this God's direction, or is this some human's effort, or some evil initiative? It might be from God, it might be temptation, it might be from someone else. It's tricky. Circumstances take a lot of discernment. And God speaks through intuition. This is what I talked about at the beginning of the sermon. And I honestly think, for most of us, this is the main way that we sense God speaking to us. Like, we have peace about this, or we don't have peace about this situation. And like, we can't articulate what even what that means, but it, there's like this gut-level intuition that we have. The point is, God still speaks today, and God speaks in a lot of different ways. So how do we know if it's God? Maybe it's guilt. Maybe it's shame. How do we know? Ask yourself two questions. Does it line up with Scripture? Does it line up with Scripture? If it doesn't line up with Scripture, it's probably not God. I mean, if you've had a really hard week, it's been rough, God will never tell you, hey, you just... You just need to take a break. Just go get drunk. Like, that's not God. Or, if you've been hurt, God will never say to you, it's okay for you to get revenge on that person. That's cool. That's not God. Because those things would directly contradict Scripture, which is another reason why we have to be saturating ourselves in the Word of God and in the stories of Scripture. So, ask yourself, does this line up with Scripture? And the second is this. Does it sound like Jesus? Does this sound like something Jesus would say? In John chapter 10, Jesus says, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. My sheep hear my voice. I know them, and they follow me. And the truth is, like, we know the voice of the people that we're in relationship with. We even know their vocal tone to the point where we know, oh, they're saying they're not upset, but they're really upset. We, we know their voice. And, and if we get to know God, we also kind of get to know his voice. God still speaks to us. He speaks to us in a myriad of ways. It's up to us to discern if this is the direction or the movement of God. But the truth is, I think most of us in this room would say, I don't often hear it. Like, I, I want to believe that God is continuously speaking to me, but it's I just got to confess that I don't hear it, and I think, I think you're probably right. I think actually a great epidemic of Christians, of followers of Jesus today, these days, not just all of y'all in the chairs, but our entire Christian culture, we've lost the ability to hear the voice and to know the direction of God in our life for a myriad of reasons, but let me just kind of highlight what I think are the major culprits. We're way too busy. And we're way too distracted. 
Listen, it's hard to hear the voice of God when you're browsing Instagram. It's hard to hear the voice of God when you're getting caught up in a Facebook thread. It's hard to hear the voice of God when there is zero margin for silence and solitude in our life. It's hard. It's hard to hear the voice of God when we wake up, we rush out the door, we rush home so we can get our kids all sorts of different places. Somewhere in there we figure out that we can eat something. We, we're so desensitized by the entire day, we thumb through our phone or we turn our TV on. We fall asleep while the TV's on or with the phone in our hand, only to wake up and to repeat that pattern all over again. Listen, that's going to be hard to hear the voice of God and to sense the presence of God if our lifestyle is arranged in such a way that it prevents it from happening. A couple months ago when we were in our Worth Imitating series, I shared a quote that has been formational and foundational for me, and it came from it kind of came from like the organizational leadership and business world, a guy by the name of Ronald Heifetz. And he was talking um, kind of as a, as a consultant to companies, and con- these companies weren't happy with like their production levels. And what he said to these companies is, your system is perfectly designed to get the results that you're getting. And when I read that line and I thought about my life, it resonated in so many ways. Like, I want to know the voice of God, and I want to hear the voice of God, and I want to be ever growing in my capacity to notice what God is up to and to respond accordingly. And, I, and, and you know, if we have these moments of frustration where we sense, I, I don't know what's going on, it could be that the life that we're living, the lifestyle that we've adopted, is perfectly designed to keep us from ever being able to really recognize or to understand God's voice and God's initiative in our life. Why why don't we hear the voice of God? We're too distracted. We're too busy. And I think we don't ask. Like, we don't ask. Sometimes when I have the opportunity to hear people's stories and for them to say, I just want to know what God says about this specific circumstance, my first question is always, I'm assuming that you have. I said, I'm assuming that you have, but, but have you asked? Like, like, have you turned everything off and, and gotten away for a minute and just asked and, like, waited? Not just, like, waited for five minutes, but, like, go about your day and keep asking and discerning and waiting. I think sometimes one of the reasons why... We don't hear the voice of God is because I'm not, I'm not sure that we actually ask. I'm not sure that we actually say, God, speak to me. I want, I want to hear what you have to say to me today. Speak. Your servant is listening. And another reason, I think, is because, and this one's tough, this one, this one stings. We don't obey. Sometimes I feel like we say to God, God, I want to know. Like, I need to hear you. What do you want me to do? And sometimes I feel like God is saying back to us, like, I told you five years ago what I want you to do. You've yet to do it. That's all I have for you. 
Sometimes I think we don't hear his voice because we are not aligning our life with his life. So he's saying to us, this is what I would have for you. We don't really want to do that. So we'll do something else instead. And then we get frustrated that we don't sense God's voice, God's power, God's presence in our life, when in reality, we just have never said yes. Maybe God's already told us what to do, and we don't do it. And so we're asking, what should I do? And God's saying, I already told you, go back and do that. So why isn't it that we consistently and constantly hear the verbal voice of God? Why aren't angels being sent to us, visions from God? How come the physical person of Jesus isn't dictating to us what to do? I think it's because God has always desired for us to search after him the same amount that he searched after us. So how can we grow in our search? What are some tangible things that we can start this afternoon to help us to grow in our sense of God's voice in our life? You know what I'm going to say already. Create some margin. Create some margin. We make time in this life for things that are important to us. We make time in this life for things that are important to us. The excuse of I don't have enough time does not hold water. We make time for what's important to us. If hearing and sensing God's voice is important, we can find a way to make that time. Can I encourage you as your pastor who wants nothing more and nothing less than to see you flourish into the image of God, that God had the becoming the person that God has always intended for you to be, for you to be the kind of person that other people would talk about in a way of saying, wow, that person is unique and different in this world, in a world full of selfish people who are cold, and mean, that person has something else going on entirely. As somebody who is praying for us to be filled with the power of the Spirit so that together we become a model for the church, can I implore you and encourage you, find some time, create some time. You don't have to start with an hour, but you can start with 15 minutes. And just sit there and talk to God. Converse. And don't just talk to the point where you can't listen. Ask questions and be still. God is desiring to speak to us. He wants to talk to us. Search him out with all of your heart. The second is this. Pay attention. Pay attention. I am fully aware that we cannot live our lives in some sort of like um, elevated, holy sort of um, estate where like we float our way through this world. I get it. Like feet on the ground, this is real life. 
I am convinced that God wants to speak to us in the middle of real life. In fact, I think that God has a word to say to us that might be just as profound when we're folding the laundry as the word that God would say to us when we have like K-Love on and we're like in some sort of like holy moment. I think that God has some stuff to say to us when we're working the line or when we're at the office or when we're doing our job. I think that God's presence is saturating and filling this earth and God is always talking and God is always moving. Can I encourage us as a church? Let's learn how to pay attention. Let's learn how to have our eyes opened so that we can see the God who's always at work. Let's learn how to have our ears open so that we can hear the God who's constantly at work, so that we can affirm that child of ours when we recognize something that God is forming in their hearts, so that we can join with God's cause when we recognize a coworker or a neighbor who needs a helping hand. Let's learn how to pay attention because it very well could be that the moments that God has for us to grow and us understanding his voice don't only happen in moments of solace and solitude and seclusion. They also happen through the course of our day because the truth is it's not our day. It's God's day that he gave to us and we get to leverage it and use it for God. Let's learn how to be constantly paying attention. Brother Lawrence, this ancient dude who wrote a really great book called Practicing the Presence of God, talks about this very spiritual discipline, about how we are constantly learning how to practice God's presence in the midst of our daily life. God has stuff to say to us. God's spirit is constant and active and moving, and he wasn't done talking when he ascended up into heaven and he removed his tangible self from this earth. He's constantly talking and speaking through the power of his spirit. And I think he has some words to say even today to us. But more than anything else, what he wants is that we would be the people who would learn how to search for him with our whole heart.